Uh, hey, Luke. Hey, Evan. Um, so I've been uh, I've been doing a little bit of like DIY stuff at home. Do it yourself. Do I've done yeah, yeah some do it myself. I, I'm just trying to be become more of a handyman. Become more, you know. I I don't want those books that are like for dumb. I don't want to be a dummy. I want to transcend beyond those books. Yeah, you want to read uh, uh, like carpentry for c- competent people. Yeah, for for <laughs> for the mentally able. Like, <laughs> uh, let's look the the four dummies books uh, product of their time they're not you know they're not the back when it was okay to call people a dummy or a person a dummy you can't do that anymore uh, so you've been doing a lot of di you've been trying to be more handy save a little money be a practically able person i want to i want to be more handy mm. so i'm trying i'm trying to do stuff around around my apartment um i have a drill but there's one problem is that uh i don't i don't have a bit could you do you have a bit that you can lend me? A bit me? I can lend you so you, maybe you're not left hanging. Or so that you can hang something. Yeah, okay. please. Um, my my bit for this episode was just going to be to introduce us. Hey, we're the Scooby Dudes, two best friends who talk about their favorite meddling kids on the air. And, and that's it. This is a podcast about Scooby-Doo. Uh, this is a little bit of an impromptu episode. We had a few... Uh, Technical errors. H- hiccups? Yeah. With, with the last episode, we're recording this... Uh, a few days before it comes out, but we have something really special planned. Yes, we don't want to, certainly we don't want anyone to have to go a week without hearing their favorite Scooby Dudes talk about Scooby Doo and all its incarnations and do additional creative projects with Scooby Doo. So we're giving you something special today. We're going to talk out a brand new episode of Scooby Doo, never been seen, never been conceptualized. We're going to make it up as we go based on a special random prompt very shortly. Right. Is that basically it? <laughs> I, was, I mean, I was going to tell them after the theme song, but it, it's it's fine either it's fine either way. <laughs> That's right. We have our we have our theme song. Uh, we're going to play the theme song for you so that you can uh, get emotionally and musically invested in this, and then we'll get right into the prompt. Correct, Ev? In? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, enjoy the theme. Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. Now that the theme song is over, uh, what's the random prompt? First of all, let's credit where we're getting this prompt from. Yeah, so um, we're not we're not recapping. We are recapping an episode, in a sense, uh, but like you mm. mentioned um, before the break, we're not recapping an episode that actually exists at this moment in time. We, you and I are going to piece it together. We're going to make it up as we go based on this little prompt. Probably this episode will be produced sooner or later. I, I can't believe that um, Johnny Colty Berry will let this sit, will let it lie. I think he's, got, he's tuned into us. He's going to want to make this the next maybe final episode of Be Cool. Uh, and... <laughs> I mean, that's been aired, I, th- I think, or is to be aired. The, um, I think he's going to convince producers to make one more just after this. For, for our sakes, not for his, and not for all of the fans of Be Cool, but because you and I decided to put this episode not, out. Not even, for, not even for us, I think for Scooby-Doo. He just knows that this will need to be... Whatever the case, we're going to make this episode up as we go. In, uh, in the past... Talk about it. It's almost like a writer's room, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's accurate. I mean, in the past, you and I have discussed prompts... Or rather, you and I have discussed hypothetical Scooby pilots or episodes or what have you. Um, but you and I have 
put a lot of forethought into it and really plan them out. And that's not what we're doing this time. No, we don't. We still don't know what we're going to be prompting this off of. And it's not just going to be a prompt. Like we've always done a setting in the past, like Scooby in France. What does that episode look like? Scooby in Japan was actually the one that we discussed. Here, we've got a couple of different prompts we're going to have to hit. So uh, what I found is, is I'm on thestoryshack.com. And thestoryshack.com, what it does is it provides you with writing prompts. Uh, and it, it provides um, a word count, which is not applicable to us. Uh, genre, character, material, which is like an object. Uh, sentence, which mm -hmm. is, I guess, a piece of dialogue to be spoken in the episode. And then there's a bonus. And uh, the two of us, we're going to try to hit every one of these. Genre a little shaky, but everything else. Yeah, maybe maybe pass on the genre, but everything else seems like something we should be able to work in. And uh, and we haven't randomly generated it yet, but I think we're about to. Okay, so we're going to agree right now that no matter how bad or unwieldy this is, we're going to take this We have to stick with it. And we're going to create a yeah. Scooby-Doo episode around it. Yeah, we're going to talk it out. Yeah, that, that's, all. that's the only rules I think we need is that we have to use what's in this. We can't click generate new prompt. Okay, perfect. Okay, so uh, what I'll do is I'm going to generate it. I'm going to read it out. I'm going to copy and paste it to you. And then we're going we're gonna to run with this. Listeners, we don't know how successful this will be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stick with us. Good luck to us. All right. Uh, three, two, Random one. Random generate. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So the what do we got? Genre is magical realism, which we can throw out. But that's something to okay. keep in mind. Thank goodness. A magical realist Scooby-Doo. That's a question for another episode. Put that in our pocket. I mean, Scooby, he's already a talking dog. So I would say that, like, Scooby on its own has a certain amount of magical realism to it. Is this, like, one of the first cartoon... The first work of cartoon magical realism? No, maybe all cartoons are magical realist. <laughs> <laughs> in that there's a weird thing that everyone accepts as normal, and we explore the world from there. Uh, okay, so that genre doesn't matter. What's our next prompt? Prompt. So our character, and I guess this is not one of the gang, I guess this is someone that they meet, yeah. is an adventurer. Very broad, an adventurer. Okay. Uh, so we're going to meet an adventurer on this journey. Uh, the material uh, in question is a carrot. Hmm. All right, that's a food item. We should be able to use that pretty easily. Mm -hmm. The sentence is, uh, there is no time. There is no time would have been easy. There is no time is going to take a little bit of thought. And then here's the bonus. Here's the bonus, and this is what really, like, I think ties everything together. So I think we need to <laughs> include it. The bonus is, there seems to be no one left on the planet. Okay. Excuse me. An adventurer. A carrot. The sentence, there is no time. And the bonus, there seems to be no one left on the planet. We now have to build a Scooby episode from there. Okay. So, so I think what we need to establish right off the bat is, is this a contemporary Scooby-Doo? Is it in the future or is it now? Is this, is this like present day Scoob? Now, does that question pertain to the iteration of Scooby-Doo, as in, is this a Where Are You Scooby-Doo episode, or like a, a recent episode of Scooby-Doo? Like the style or the setting? I'm, I meant within like the context of the show, within the, like the setting. Okay, the setting. Um, I'm, I'm picturing this being old-timey. I'm picturing this being 70s or 80s. Okay, yeah. alright. Is that cool? You know what? I actually love that, because if you watch old cartoons, uh, they always go into the rocket ships that are shaped like missiles. <laughs> you know, with like with like a, a porthole in the side. Yeah, absolutely. Like a submarine window 
on the side that they look out of. Uh, so I love that. I, I actually much prefer that to... So, okay, that's the direction we're going with here. I think that's going to give us a lot of narrative flexibility if we can adhere to 1970s standards for, uh, for plot. Um, so that's the, that's the version of Scooby-Doo that I'm imagining. The thing I think I really need to imagine is the setting. Maybe that's nailing things down a little bit much, but it makes a big difference to me exactly what kind of road the mystery machine is rolling down. When we when we zoom in, is it ever not rolling down like a witty, like a, a densely wooded dirt road? It's almost it is always that. Even if they're going into a city or a farm or anywhere, even overseas, it's always going to be a densely wooded ro- road. So is that where this starts? Is that what we're saying? You know what? If this is classics, if it's classic Scooby Doo, I feel like we have to start in the Mystery Machine. So we have the gang. Mm-hmm. Um. Fred, Velma, Daphne, Scooby, and Shaggy in the mystery machine. Fred is behind the wheel. Of course. As is tradition. Yep. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy are in the back. I was going to say because they're second class citizens. <laughs> back of the van, S&S. And uh, I, I, almost always it starts out with them in the back doing something to prepare for where they're going. Yeah, they... So, so I mean, they're going to space. Right? Are we are we gonna take this like literally at face value? Um, th- there seems to be no one left on the planet. Is the point that we're gonna have to work towards eventually? And carrots. So there's some sort of rabbit thing here. Um, I because I wanna yeah. I wanna introduce a counterpoint. Okay, because I feel like we're headed in a very specific direction. We've discussed the spaceship with the with the porthole in the side. Mm. And and this is like a way eerier premise that maybe doesn't jive with the Scooby Doo. Where are you? Okay, maybe, I'm very interested. You have my attention, sir. What is it? Yeah, maybe the idea is it's like it's like the Rapture. There's no one left on the planet. Like, oh no, like it's just the gang. Uh, so here's a thought: They're going to NASA for a tour. Uh, Velma's always wanted to go there and see it because she's nerdy. Um, but when they get there, there's no one there. Like, it's deserted, the entire facility. But the, but if if Earth is the planet that is deserted, does it still, does spacefaring still need to play a part in the episode? Um, there seems to be no one left on the planet. Uh, and almost, honestly, it sounds more like Rapture. Or is the, what's the villain done? The villain has kidnapped everyone and taken them out to space. Hmm? I think what's really interesting and actually works so well for Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, given this bonus uh, premise or prompt or whatever, is that Scooby-Doo episodes, at least the older ones, are so sparsely populated. Like there's no one around. Like if you think... It's almost like a video game where it's like, there used to be a civilization here, but now it's deserted. And it's like, oh yeah, you didn't just not want to animate and, and voice act a city full of characters, but you could build a city. Yeah. Like it, it's that... It speaks to the production level. So I think there's something to be said about that, is it's kind of explaining away a the fact that, like, the fine folk over at Hanna-Barbera just did not feel like putting, like, someone walking down the sidewalk. Okay, so what's the setting that would be most exciting to see empty that's almost always full? I imagine, like, a shopping mall. Yeah, yeah. A mall, uh, a place that's normally very, uh, very populated. So, like, a mall, like, an amusement... Amusement parks seem to be kind of done because of, like, scary clowns and stuff. So, yeah, not an amusement park. Yeah, like, it seems like it's too easily a scary setting. I like the mall just because, that, as a kid, I always wanted to stay overnight at the mall. That was a thrilling thing I always imagined. Maybe that's just me. Also, they're um, teens. So they'd want to go to the mall. 
That's a very ready thing. So they're driving through a densely wooded area to the mall, <laughs> which when they get there, it's open, but no one's there. It's completely deserted. And they're thinking like, why, why is no one at the mall? I don't get it. Why is there just a carrot here? So let's backtrack, um, let's backtrack very slightly. Why are they going to the mall? They each want to go to the mall for a different reason. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy want to go to the food court, of course. Of course. Uh, Daphne wants to go clothing or shoe shopping. Yeah, she wants to go to, like, Aritzia yeah. or, or something. I don't know if it, that existed in the 70s. <laughs> I don't know either. But I think Vilma's always a skeptic, and she's often the outsider, so she's just against the mall in general, is my take. Why? But why, like, why specific? Like, what does Velma not like about the mall exactly? Uh, she, she doesn't feel like she's got a place there. Like, it's, it's all popular kids all hanging out and stuff, and it's all very vapid, like, consumerist stuff. There's no science store. Maybe maybe there's a used bookstore, and she's great way because into that. My, yeah, because my counterpoint would be, I feel like in Scooby-Doo, where are you? Like, yeah, Velma's, like, nerdy or whatever, but I feel like she's not as much of an outcast. I feel like that's more of, like, a modern aspect to Velma where it's like oh well you know Velma's nerdy so she feels out of place she feels like uncomfortable and I think she was much more like that's true she existed in her own skin and it felt it didn't feel like a thing I th oh here's a here's I guess the bigger thing I'm trying to hit towards is um that Velma is the realist so everyone else being in the mall alone at night is each going their own way trying to hit, hit their store and she's like wait but why is the mall empty what's the deal with this we need to explore this mystery yeah, I love that. Okay, so so they're in the mystery machine. They're going on their way to the mall. The thing about malls mm -hmm. is on like a weeknight, let's say it's a weeknight, whatever. Um, you know how yeah. malls, they'll close at like 8 p.m. or earlier? They'll close at like between the hours of like 6 and 8 because they're like, they're malls and it's a weeknight. No one's going to go there on the weeknight. So they're going when it's empty anyways and they're surprised to find it's empty? Well, I think they're going and it's like pretty late. Uh, why were they late? Okay, just pick a character. Um, it, it's, uh, it's Scooby. Because Scooby needed to, um... Uh, he, maybe he needed to save a colonel from drowning in a fountain. That, in a pond, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, if Scooby uh, didn't need so to... they're on yeah, their they way. Should, it's that kind of reference that delays them. So they, But they need to make it there before they close because Daphne needs to buy these pair of shoes that are on sale. Scooby and Shaggy really want to make it to the food court. Uh, Fred wants to make it to the Explorer Shop, which has all this climbing gear and maps and uh, compasses and stuff like that. Yes, okay. Or the Trap Shop. I, okay, I love where this is going. And, and there's this whole... And Daphne's like, Fred, like, step on it. Because Daphne knows exactly when the mall closes. Oh, yeah. And they get there with, like, minutes... They get there minutes past the time. And they walk up. Uh, and the door's open. So they walk in. Ah, uh, Yeah. I love this because it's like, oh, of course the mall is going to be closed and empty, but why is the door open? So it's, uh, it leads you in by increments. So, so they go in. Every, I like what you're saying that everyone's kind of doing their own thing. They're just, they're thrilled that it's open. No one's paying attention to like, but why is it open? Mm. It, it's just Velma. Yeah. And she keeps trying to like tell people like, hey, can we get on this mystery as they're going their own ways? All right. So do they split up immediately? Hey, hey gang, let's split up and look for merch. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they split up. I think what we need to address is the adventurer. I I was imagining that's someone that Fred would run into. Yeah. At his chosen place because he's going to the adventure store which has all these traps and exploration gear and stuff and he's like, "Wait, why are you here when no one else is here? The adventure store never closes." What? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You have your hours listed on the front. Um cuz cuz here's what I think. 
I think I think that they're in the mall, and maybe Scooby and Shaggy are just mm. like doing their own thing. They stop by uh, an electronic store back in the day when electronic stores had windows just full of televisions with the volume on full blast, so you could hear them behind the plate glass. Um, and it's playing these recordings. It's it's like the news. It's like the nightly news at six, and the news is like just like em- like like there's no one. Let's say it's like the newscaster's oh, room. At the at the news desk. There's no yeah. one at the news desk. It's like empty chairs, and then maybe it oh. it changes to like uh, someone who should be standing and doing like an outdoor thing, right? And there's like no one in that location. Yeah, it's just like a mic on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's the idea that yeah. this mall is completely empty. But the world, and again, there seems to be no one left on the planet. All right, now here's my question. We might have even passed this already, but do we see on top of the mall any hooded or cloaked or scary <laughs> or humanoid figure cackling as the mystery machine pulls in? Or are, is, is it that... even deserted of a villain? Why is that weirdly scarier for me that it's a mall? That there's a, a person laughing on top of that, whereas if it were a sky, a high rise, or a haunted mansion, or literally anything, or like a top of a bridge or a cliff, it's not half as scary as a mall. You know what? I actually think the scariest thing would be like, uh, like, like a regular, just like two story house in like the middle of suburbia. If you imagine like a normal house, but on top on the roof. I uh, like the roof is someone who's just like yeah. <laughs> it's like how did you get there? You you had to climb out of one of the upper story windows. Like this can't be convenient for you at all. Then you'll have to jump down into the hedges. Man, it's a, it's such a power move. They could have picked any place to menace, and they picked the most uh, idyllic spot. I do I do think I do think that we need a villain because it's Scooby Doo, and obviously the villain is gonna be like I like I magicked everyone away. Is it a mannequin? Is the villain a mannequin? Oh, okay, yeah. And it's just like the mannequins. It's it's the mannequins' turn. What? It does it talk? Does, do you have the mannequin talking, going against your own cardinal rule against monsters talking? Like it's the mannequins' turn to shine. <laughs> the easiest villain to make mute. <laughs> You're putting words in their non-existent <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Here's what I think is really funny, is exactly what you said, like, non-existent mouth. So I think it would be hilarious if it's like, it's like a mannequin with like a smooth plastic face, and they like raise their arms, like, to menace the gang, but it's just like complete silence. I think the thing about the mannequin is that the mannequin never moves, it just cuts to the mannequin in different positions (laughs) between scenes, as if it's been moving. Um, um, can it be the mannequin? Are we agreed on that, that that's the villain? I think I think it has to be a mannequin. I just think there's something so funny. Because if you think Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And you mm. think of a monster menacing the gang, but with their arms over their heads, just like, shake, you know, like, menacing them and, like, threatening harm, they're making noises. And to imagine one of them doing that, yeah. but, like, silent, I think is so funny. <laughs> You know, kind of scary as well. I mean, if we're making this mannequin mute, it's almost like the weeping angels in Doctor Who. And I mean, the very, well, that early episode of Doctor Who that actually had mannequins coming to life. Um, and it can be kind of scary. So to talk plot a little bit, the gang has split up. We've maybe seen the mannequin on the roof already, menacing silently as lightning flashes in the background. Um, what do each of the gang members find at their chosen uh, destinations? 
Okay, sorry, I'm still caught up. I just think it's so funny, because I've been matching a mannequin that I, like, my vision, do you remember in Thailand, they had those really scary mannequins with, like, the painted faces and the huge grins? The giant smile, like, that looked like they'd gotten Joker's laughing gas. The, it's like a rictus yeah. grin. I'm not thinking that yeah. at all. I'm thinking something more akin to one of those dummies that an artist will pose. That's what I'm thinking. That or like a crash test dummy. And I'm imagining the mannequin on the top is not like a Halloween mannequin. It's an H&M mannequin. It's wearing a cardigan and like some smart slacks and it's got one hand in a pocket and the hips slightly cocked. And I just think it's like, I just, I imagine them walking past the clothing store and the mannequins in there and the camera zooms in, but it has no eyes to follow them. <laughs> it just zooms into the face. <laughs> and that's it. And it cuts away and it cuts back and the face is looking a different direction, but it never moves on camera. So when the gang splits up, Daphne goes to her shoe place. Is she able to, like, what happens with each of them trying to get to their stores? I, like, I think, I think they need to succeed, ultimately. Like, because I think Scooby and Shaggy need to, even if they don't eat the food, they need to discover and construct the food. I think they, they discover that the food, like, if anything is going to be closed and the resources being accessible, it's going to be the food court. They're not going to leave stuff lying around, except for one carrot that was left out on the counter. Oh. And now they there's a montage of them figuring out how to make a feast out of this carrot in a James and the that Giant Peach kind of way. so masterfully done. I love that. Because, because Scooby-Doo logic dictates that kitchens are never closed. Scooby-Doo logic dictates <laughs> that if there's a kitchen, like, the stoves will be on and, like, hot yeah. and, like, the fridges will be stocked. The pantry's going to be but full. But you... You're taking a very logical approach and finally tying in the carrot, which I think is beautiful. And I want to see them, like, dice up a little bit of this carrot, like, make a pate out of the little... I don't know what pate is. Just, like, do carrot ten ways with a single carrot. Okay, that's actually the perfect segue. And this is a mild spoiler for a movie that I'm just going to ask if you've seen. Have you seen Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping? I have seen that, yeah. Um... It makes me think of, and, and again, minor spoiler for listeners, this won't ruin the movie. If anything, please watch it. Uh, Justin it's a great Tim- movie. Justin Timberlake's character is the chef, the personal chef. And he's like, yeah, I do, uh, I do this thing. It's, I do carrots seven ways. So I, uh, I do a rough chop. I do like a julienne. I, I cut them into little hearts. <laughs> so he does carrots like seven ways, but he just cuts them differently it's just different shapes different of cuts yeah <laughs> but that's that is hilarious to me i i think that you've you've tied in the carrot better than i ever could I, i'm glad to hear that thank you for that that means a lot and it sounds like we're giving everyone else a degree of success too like fred has a, a spanking new compass and uh, daphne has some great new kicks so let's let's go back to the adventurer mm. Um, because I think, I think some, one thing that needs to be taken into consideration is, um, are we going to have red herrings in this episode? And I don't mean red herring like the little, uh, ginger bully from their, their collective childhoods in Coolsville. I, I do think we're going to have red herring and I think it needs to be the adventurer because the world is basically empty except for this kid who is now an adult who has lived in the mall for 20 years, Jumanji style. Um, (laughs) Phantom of the Opera style, if you will, as well, who only comes out at night and they meet him and they think this must be the person. He's the adventurer or he's a different... different He's the adventurer. It's a kid who calls himself an adventurer who stayed at the mall late one night and lived there ever since. Does he wear a pith helmet or like an Indiana Jones style hat? 
Um, oh, that would make sense. He definitely wears like mall merch, like maybe a a beer baseball hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you're of course referring to like a baseball cap with like cans on each side, uh, on each uh, ear or up above, like the the tubes swing down to the mouth. Yeah, little little curly straws that come down. Yeah, but no, I think he's he's all wearing mall merch, and he's refashioned it all into adventuring gear. Or what do you think? How did you picture the adventurer tying in? So one direction that I went is that, like you said, the adventurer is a an employee of the adventuring store that Fred goes to. Because mm. I think there's a lot of comedic value and potential in occupations. Uh, so if so, that's what their um, that's like their deal. And 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 yeah, sorry. Because the adventurer does not necessarily need to be the only other character. Other characters can show up, and um, maybe it's like uh, a, a shopper. Maybe they each bump into a different character. So Daphne bumps into a woman who uh, was trying on like a hundred different outfits, and that's how she got like trapped in the mall. Mm, I like that idea because that makes it. it uh, you see, that it's not completely abandoned. At, at some point prior to that, someone will have to say there seems to be no one left on the planet because we're about to find some people. Yeah, uh-huh. So we'll get that soundbite in earlier. Then Fred meets the adventurer in the adventuring store. Daphne meets... I like that it's someone who got lost trying on so many different outfits. So that's that's one character. who. So that's a character... So Fred meets the adventurer. Daphne meets the shopper who is just... They just needed the perfect outfit and they took... They spent too much time. Um... You pick you pick Scooby and Shaggy, and then I'll pick Velma. Scooby and Shaggy, I think I think it's okay for Scooby and Shaggy not to meet anybody, or to be like we met Carrot Top, and then they just have the top of the carrot. <laughs> okay, not <laughs> only a bad joke, but like not timely at all for the vision of Scooby Two that we're doing. <laughs> this was back when Carrot Top was gonna be huge in about ten years. <laughs> um, I think that. Um, who could they meet? Do you have an idea? I think you're right that maybe they don't have to. Because that's typically not their role. No, I do have an idea for who Velma could meet, but did, did you have someone in mind for that? No, no. Well, I mean, hit me, because maybe we're on the same wavelength. I was thinking like a security guard. I was also thinking a security guard. Yeah, I think it would make a lot of sense because she's a rule follower, and that like fits with the fact that she's trying to figure out where everything is going. And that security guard feels like kind of like the end culprit. I feel like that's what I'm working towards a little bit. I, I, I like the idea that everyone else bumps into their people completely accidentally, and Velma's the one who, like, goes to mall security specifically to find the person. Is it just that the person's, like, they're sleeping, and it's like they slept past they're where asleep. the shift should have ended? Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Like, oh, man, like, Joe, Joe should have been here, like, hours ago to take over. Let me see. So we've covered a lot of stuff. People, they must reconvene at a certain point, right? After they've each gone to their own task and come back to it, like, hey, I found a person, I found a person, I found a person too. Um, we had a carrot. And I just, I love, I love the idea that, like, I think it really needs to be strongly impressed on all of the characters that, like, outside of this mall, like, there's no one left on the planet. Okay, you're right. We need to reinforce that. And so walking by the TVs that have nothing going on, that's a big thing. Maybe, like, they try a phone, but there's no dial tone or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, I, I like that the security guard's like, somebody should have been here to wake me up, like, hours ago. And like you said, they try to make the phone calls, there's, like, no answers, and they, like, they actually believe. And look, them looking outside the windows and not seeing anyone, pretty par for the course in the world of 
early Scooby-Doo. But I like that we're making it like a realistic thing. Like we should see tons of people. Yeah, we should see like a car driving by every every minute or so. Like, nope. At least every now and again. Why are there no planes in the sky? At least here and there. There's no odd birds or animals either. Um, so they're they're kind of reconvening and talking out. Where are all the people going? What's up with that? At this point, we haven't seen the villain yet. Even though I think the villain has been in the background. So I think what um, we need of a lot of shots. Like they walk past and there's a. What we need is similar to the uh, to this not the scare pair. Those were the racist Chinese ghosts. Um, yeah, the specters from uh, a, a night of fright is no delight, where they left mm. uh, they left a poem, a threatening poem in the mirror of one of the uh, the guests. Maybe it's like there's a sign hung around a mannequin's neck, and they read it, and it's something threatening, like "Get out of the mall!" Like we are alive and we're coming for you. And then the mannequin tips over, um. And falls down at them, and they're like, oh, it's alive! No, it just fell down. It's like, but why did it fall down? And it's, again, de- developing the mystery yeah, the, I, piecemeal. They just need to they need to leave some, some sort of sign. I agree. And and I do like the idea, actually, that you're saying that, like, oh, the, they're like, oh, the mannequins are alive. Or Scooby and Shaggy think the mannequins are alive. Yeah, and Velma say, no, the, Velma's like, the mannequins are not alive. Someone's just leaving this here to scare us. And Fred's like, but why would... No, Daphne would say, but why are they trying to scare us, and who is doing it? And then uh, they need to actually be menaced by this, uh, this mannequin. And so there's, there's got to be a chase scene. Definitely a chase scene through the mall. Definitely a, a Corridors-style chase scene through oh, the mall. Oh, yeah. Definitely escalators are going to play a role here. Where the, the whole gang is going down as the monster's going up and they pass each other with like that double-arm swipe. Oh man, okay. The, sorry, the visual gags. I'm coming up with like so many. Just kind of like oh, lay them on it's me. It's like they go into a Foot Locker and they come out and like one is like basketball player, one's like hockey player, one's like referee, and then they go into like uh, they go into a um, uh, you know like an H and M. They go into all these clothing stores. I want to say they go into like a currency exchange and they all come out holding like big bags of money and then they all go into the theater and they come out holding like one small popcorn between like the six of them or whatever. <laughs> and like sharing it between them, each pulling pieces out. Um, the, oh, the gags are so, that's so rich for gags. Uh, well, here's a question for me. Are the mannequins actually moving like people towards them or are they almost like just wheeled on like skateboards? <laughs> sliding towards them because that's what i'm imagining right now i think gliding the, i think the mannequins have to move otherwise they're just gliding mannequins <laughs> that's part of what i want but at a certain point like we have to the the episode needs to take itself seriously even if the audience isn't supposed to because i i like the idea of like maybe they're all hanging out on the bottom floor and and obviously these other characters need to pop in and out right the three the security guard the adventurer and the, the, mm. the shopper, the obsessive shopper. And I think maybe they're all hanging out, and they look up, and they see, like, um, a mannequin on the top of the escalator coming down. Mm. And they're like, oh, that's so weird, and it, like, doesn't move. And then when it gets to the bottom, that's when it, like, turns and, like, walks towards them. Ooh, and it's, I, I like the idea of having an episode where, like, for the ten minutes up to this point, the mannequins haven't moved at all. And it's almost <laughs> been funny. But here, they it actually, like, moves and starts... M- yeah, it starts moving, and that's terrifying. I think I think that just something really. I think there's so many moments in this episode that could be like hilarious, and then also like really creepy. Because I like like early I was saying 
the camera zooming in on the mad kid's face that's like expressionless and has no pupils um that, that's what i want when the mannequin's coming down the escalators like them looking and it's like at the top of the escalator coming down pans back to them just looking at it back to the mannequin closer up as it's coming down like back to the team back to the mannequin even closer on its face as it's coming down the escalator and when it hits the bottom it just like lurches and starts moving act like fluidly and or even cr- like crickety um and just so that rapid change how- sounds perfect what else do we want to I mean, like, who do we who do we want it to be? This is a mystery to our listeners and to us. At this point, yeah. I mean, who's the red herring at this point? Um, who does the gang suspect it to be after the chase scene? Um, are they thinking like, oh, it's probably the adventurer, or it's well, here's, probably here's the lady because she might she likes to dress up as stuff. Here's something I want to throw out in in a really touching sort of like char- bit of character development, a little a nice little moment for Fred. Fred befriends the adventurer. Because the adventurer, like you said, ha- also has a deep love for traps. Mm, so they do some trap bonding. And I, I, I just, I really like the idea that the adventurer is, has, is so like, he loves traps, but he's only, he only knows about a specific type of trap. So he's like, okay, you guys, listen, here's what we'll do. We're going to dig a pit six feet deep and cover it in palm leaves. <laughs> and at the bottom of this pit, we'll place these bamboo stakes and then the guy's like what are, th- we're in we're in a mu-. and then his other idea is like okay though this we, this is a way that i've trapped rabbits is we'll take a sapling and bend it. it down and tie a snare around it <laughs> i love that and and fred's way into it he only wants to do this as well fred's like really into the same ideas yeah and uh, i think so he, I, oh, one of his traps ultimate has, yeah sorry go ahead I, I just think, like, as he's going on, the, the, everyone else is looking at this guy like he's an idiot. And Fred is ready with a shovel. Like, he's, he's ready to, like, create this trap. I think the gang goes a different direction. Like, maybe Velma or someone shuts him down. But at the end of the episode, we do do his trap, and it does work. Like, they empty a ball pit of all the balls with shovels and, and then, like, lay clothing over it instead of palm branches. But like camo clothing, so it looks like leaves. Like, <laughs> this, <laughs> you want them to dig a hole in a pit of like light plastic balls? Yeah, that's basically they take all the balls out. So you want to do like like? Do you remember as a child just being like in the ball pit and being like, I I understand that gravity and that these balls will all roll down, but maybe just maybe by sheer force of will, I can create. I can clear out a space. A divot of some sort. I was an even dumber child where I wanted to do whirlpool, but with balls. So I just circle the edge of the ball pit again and again and hope that. And then I'd lean back and wait for it to carry me, but it never did. Are you serious? No, but that would be funny, right? You were you're, you're like a kid who thought he was the Flash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought they were all just protons and electrons just bouncing around. That was me. I thought it was Ant-Man. Um, I am disappointed that's not a true story, but it is really funny. I, I also like the idea of them like taking a potted plant and just like pushing it over <laughs> to try and tie it down. <laughs> it just breaks. <laughs> And maybe maybe they do that and they try all this stuff and it doesn't it doesn't work as they plan. But the the mannequin trips over the crashed potted plant and skitters along the uh, balls. So here's here's my question: Is it all three of the is it all three of the potential suspects? I think it's either 
all three of the suspects or the security guard who didn't show up. Oh, dang. And he he wanted to get the sleepy lazy dude fired um, by having all this crazy stuff happen, and then the sleepy lazy dude would get hung out to dry. So I actually think there needs to be... You know what? No, I agree with you. I was going to say that there needs to be a level of theft because of all of the extra work put into like making people think that the world was abandoned. But I think he was trying to... And uh, readers... I'll put it in the show notes if you're not familiar with this term. He was trying to ghost lamp light. Gaslight? Gaslight. He was trying to gaslight the security guard and make him think that there's no one left on the planet. He'd just be like, what's going on? Like, this mall is abandoned. He's, like, freaking out. And that's why he's fired because he's, like, you know, he's not of sound mind. They're like, this guy's clearly not fit to, uh, to be a security guard. Yeah. That, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make that guy go crazy. He wasn't expecting two people to already be in the store, both the person who got lost trying on clothes and the the adventurer who I think just lives in his store because he's not successful and he doesn't have an apartment. Yeah, he wants the earlier get, he wants the earlier shift, right? Because he's, uh, yeah. he's the late shift guy. So if he gets this guy fired, he takes mm. the earlier shift. Yes, that's it. He just wasn't expecting anyone else to be in there at the time. Here's something I want to throw out. At the culmination of the episode... <laughs> the security guard still gets fired. <laughs> yeah, they both get fired. Because he fell asleep. He's a bad security guard. And, and instead, they offer the job to the lady who's always in the mall anyway, and the explorer who needs a side hustle as well. They both become the new security guards. Yeah, they both become the part, they fill in those roles. Um, and so it's a very clean, neat, happy ending. Um, the, uh, the one loose thread on our side, when does someone say there is no time? Hmm, there's no time. Maybe maybe it's that all the clocks have stopped, and so the guy doesn't believe any... There's no There's no time. Time is proceeding? No, that's maybe I think, throwing I think in another be... element that doesn't need to be there. <laughs> I, think, I think it should be a third instance of a trap that what? should only be created in a jungle or forest setting, and Fred is like, we can't do that, there's no time. Not because it's unfeasible, but because they, he just doesn't think that there's enough time for them to do it. <laughs> I think maybe it's, yeah, it's something the like... Punji Pit one, and he's just like, we don't have... He's just like, yeah, we could dig the hole, but sharpening the bamboo stakes? Like, come on, man. Yeah, where are we going to find the time for that? It's like, all we have to do is fell six palm trees, and then chop them into, like, these specific shapes, lash them together with vines, and uh, that'll create the catapult that we need... It's like, oh, what are you talking about? There's no time. Oh, I love that. I just love the idea of Fred just like being on board almost, almost 100% with this dude. Maybe not even like, yeah, no, there's no time to put it together. Like, there's no time to let the bamboo sticks dry and, uh, and like, uh. Yeah. No, I agree. It should be the curing. The wood, the the wood curing, does not have like, enough time to cure. The, there's no to time cure. to let the wood cure. We'll never be able to do it. <laughs> and that's like the big the big gaping hole in his plot. <laughs> in his plan, yeah. Um, I love that. And we've covered with that the adventurer, the carrot. There is no time. There seems to be no one left on the planet. The only thing I think we've really omitted so far is what the Scooby-Doop in this episode is. I, I What I was actually going to do, because... Honestly, and we had planned for this episode to be roughly 45 minutes, and we're just about there. 
mm-hmm. is um, to to tackle the Scooby Doop and just run through all the tropes. Maybe run through all the tropes first, just really quickly. Okay, so corridors, we got that. Um, Velma losing her glasses, we can fit that in there pretty easily, I think. And especially if like she, she her hand touches a mannequin's hand, <laughs> and the mannequin has the glasses like in the other hand. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I, I like I don't think that is super. It's not critical. Pivotal. Do we have them? Do we have them splitting up and looking for clues? Because we start this episode with them splitting up. Oh, uh, so maybe they, the second time they split up, they split up to look for clues, and they find. Um, you know what I think? What? Counterpoint. We turn it on its head, everyone split up, and Fred's like, hey gang, let's come together to look Ooh, for clues. Ooh, I like it, I like it, I like it. Uh, that's, uh, that is an interesting twist. We're returning some stuff, we're already turning some stuff on its head this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Gang, let's come together and look for clues. Perfect. Brilliant. Um, and that, I think, is a version of that trope. Do we have an unmasking at the end um, when this guy like slips on all the balls and all the like palm little potted plants however they're gonna they're gonna be trapped i like are they ultimately trapped in a jungle or forest style trap that's sort of like this guy he actually is successful and that's ultimately like why he gets the job the of security guard i i think so i think he like he swings in from from somewhere else or like maybe he's got a box with a stick propping it up and the the villain ultimately like staggers backwards and bumps the stick and the box falls over him and it was like the worst trap ever but it works yeah that's that's beautiful um so we ha- so we will have an unmasking of the, of the security guard we already know who mm-hmm. it is he'll say i would have gone away for a two if it weren't for you meddling mall goers and, and i want i want it to be like I, I say we like play on it like if it wasn't for you meddling kids and you uh and and like and your mall rat too oh i like that i was also just gonna have him list all the other people because i think it's a group effort that he gets caught it's true yeah the explorer has a hand in it i'm not sure what the shoppers part is to play but there will be i think she's just another one of the meddling kids maybe i don't know how old she is she could be older that's true she's just one of those kids she's in that under that designation other tropes uh they they eat food right like a carrot a single carrot uh, we have we have the eyes moving portrait. I think the one thing we don't have that that I remember from our list is the secret passageways. Uh, I think the security guard shows them like a secret passageway, but it's just a door that's like personnel only. <laughs> yes. There's a secret passage, and it just like takes out a set of keys. Through these hallways, you can go anywhere in the mall. But only I have the key. It looks like it's propped open. Oh yeah, we do that. <laughs> All right, all right. The Scooby Doop. Um, we'll we'll each do a Scooby Doop, which is of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. What we're saying this like everyone should know what it is. Like everyone knows what it is, and everyone should. But we'll bring you up to speed. The Scooby Doop is where typically Scooby and Shaggy do a little impromptu scene to distract or disorient the monster. Um, they create a scenario that the monster has to buy in. So great are the social pressures. And I don't even have anything to add to that. That was flawlessly done. Thank you. Um, what would an, if you could give us an example? That would be even better, I imagine. So let's each let's each come up with a Scooby Doop just to wrap this episode. Because I am mm-hmm. I'm gonna say very pleased with this episode. Very very pleased. Honestly, like I went there in my mind. I I feel like I've seen this episode. It kind of feels like it needs to be made now because it's. We came up with a good episode, dude. We we calling you out. 
uh, Scooby creators, but also we only know one of your names. <laughs> only one of you is, is deigned to give us any attention, and we'll never forget it. What would be our Scooby dupes? Hmm. Um, mine is definitely that Scooby and Shaggy are running a cell phone kiosk in the mall, and they flag the monster down and are like, hey, uh, we can do you at least $15 cheaper than your current cell phone plan. Grasshopper Wireless, you've got to come check it out. Like, so, look at all... So, yeah. does the mannequin really want to sign up for the plan, or does it want to continue chasing, like, maybe the people it's already chasing? It wants to do anything else. Like, the mannequin is trying to get out of here, but he's, like, it's snagged by eye contact, funny enough, given the mannequin's lack of face. And so it's just that Scooby and Shaggy are, keep trying to pull him in, but the mannequin is just trying to flee, and eventually they let it. Okay, I like that. I also like, I think... Or maybe they convince it, and... I'm sorry, go ahead. I think that you're in a good spot with the whole idea of, like, hey, like, oh, hey, like, you could win such and such. You just need to, like, tap in, like, your contact information on, like, this touch screen, which doesn't work very well. Mm, yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's basically what I'm imagining. Or they just get him started on so much paperwork, he just keeps going and going and going. But that's mine with the cell phone kiosk. So mine was, uh, was just going to be very, like, um like mean girls kind of like the monster like chases scooby and shaggy back into like the food court and they're just like they turn around and they start like making fun of his clothes and stuff it's like get out of here and call him like a, call him a loser basically or maybe maybe one of them is maybe it's only chasing one of them and the and then they both come back together and one of them is like you oh, like you, you like you can't go up to her she's she's like so cool like She's the coolest kid in school. Yeah. And and then the monster gets all like bashful, just like, oh like 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 what do I do, man? Like I just wanna impress her. Oh. Even better, like Scooby and Shaggy are both like the supportive friends, and there's another hot mannequin across the way in the food court, and they're like, dude, Chelsea just said she ha- totally has a crush on you. She's hoping you'll ask her to the dance. And you see the mannequin like start sweating bullets. <laughs> yes. That's what I was going to say, is that the mannequin needs visible perspiration on its brow. Yes. No, no, it's okay, it's okay, but don't screw it up, man. That's honestly, that's my favorite part about this mannequin not speaking or making any noise, is that it just has to pantomime everything. So it's just like pantomiming, like being nervous and stuttering, even though it can't stutter. Like when people do puppet theater with action figures, that's what I'm imagining. (laughs) Uh, and that's no I think that's the best Scooby Doop yet that's the one so that makes great use of the mall setting and the food court it returns to that uh, that is I would say that that's a wrap on this episode I want to ask our listeners actually do you want to segue right into the outro from here yeah we're now going to do the outro this is kind of an experiment normally we do the intro and outro separate but we're doing it all together this week Um, so that was the entire episode thank you guys for listening what do we want to ask our listeners yeah, what I wanted to post to everyone is, and this will be, a, a, I like to say, think a very seamless transition is, if you like this, because I had a blast, I had a great time. This was so much fun, honestly. This is like my one, maybe my favorite episode we've ever done. If you liked what we did, let us know. And you can let us know through a variety of different digital means. First and foremost, if you're going to tune out after this sentence is over, go to ScoobyDudes.com. You can find all of our other places via that portal, as well as great additional content. If you want to email us, we've got our email on there. If you want to hit up our Twitter, we've got it listed, our Facebook, our Patreon. It's all on ScoobyDudes.com. And all of those things, as Luke mentioned in order, would be email ScoobyDudes.com podcast at gmail.com 
Facebook is facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes, and Twitter is at the Scooby Dudes. Yep. All pretty straightforward, pretty common sense. Just to go a little deeper into uh, one. Oh, and, oh, and yeah. So just hit us up on any one of those. Tell us if you like this episode. We'll do more episodes like this. Genuinely, you don't have to twist our arm. All you have to do is poke us, and we'll do more because this was an insane amount of fun. If you wanted to visit us on Patreon.com, that's a great place where you can help support the podcast, the original art that we have shown on our website, and uh, help us keep the lights on. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great place to uh, to donate a certain amount of money every month, and that money goes towards our artists. Uh, they're the ones who illustrate title cards that we put together for our recap episodes. Uh, this is not one, but uh, that's the general idea. Uh, and if you donate to us on Patreon, not only will we, we give you a detailed, lavish shout-out the first time that you donate, for your recurring donation, we'll give you a recurring shout-out every single week. And so the people who donate to us every week, here is your weekly shout-out. Other than that... I'm a, I'm a little concerned because normally when we do intros and outros... It's our time. You and I get really loose and, and you know, like... It's kind of our decompressed time. We, yeah. we tell jokes. Um, and, it's and, and like, uh, humor is very important. I actually... I wanted to share a little bit about my life. Oh. Is uh, one thing that I started to get into is... Uh, and it's not a good weather for it. Like, it's been so cold here in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, but I've taken a lot of interest in horseback riding. and And I've learned a lot about, like, the different material and gear that that you need to ride a horse you know obviously there's um there's the saddle there's the stirrup the stirrups there's the uh the bridle it sounds like you've got uh, everything you need thing... are you missing anything at all evan <laughs> i am um what it's it's the the mouthpiece of the bridle uh that you know you place it in the horse's mouth yeah uh, it has fittings at each end to which the reins are fastened what is that called it's, it's a bit <laughs> and uh i i'm I've, I'm missing a bit. I feel like we're all oh. missing a bit. Well, that's what you use to pull the horse to a stop. How can we end this episode without a good bit? <laughs> it's like the best worst nay I could have done. It took me a second to realize that's what you were doing. It was whinnying. It was very bad.